0: Hello, everyone! It's Dylan from Yu-Gi-Oh! Everything, and welcome back to another episode of Voices from the Shadow Realm, the podcast where we sit down with the many different wonderful Yu-Gi-Oh! voice actors that helped bring the Yu-Gi-Oh! franchise to life. And in today's episode, I am joined by the one, the only, Jonathan Ross. Jonathan, you voiced Yami Marik. Marik, one of the most iconic villains in the entire franchise. that Thank you so much for joining me how are you doing today
1: i'm doing great it's i'm so so thrilled to to be here and i'm i'm always happy to talk about yugioh and and all the things that stemmed from it
0: <laughs> and a lot of things has yeah. stemmed from it, especially, I mean, you worked on the original show, I mean, almost 20 years ago. So, um, you know, we'll get into all that. But seriously, thank you so much for uh, for coming on. So um, I always like to just uh, have the first kind of question just allow you to introduce yourself. I know you voiced some characters in Pokemon. I'm sure you have a pretty sizable resume. Um, I, I You also voiced a couple of characters in GX, I believe, right? The Princeton, uh, the older brothers there. So if you could just introduce yourself, go over some roles you want to talk about, that'd be awesome.
1: So, uh, yeah, so Yu-Gi-Oh! of course was the big one. It wasn't quite the first, but it was pretty close to being the first thing I ever did in the the world of voiceovers. Um, And, uh, you know, along the way, if nothing ever achieved the heights of Marek, I got to be a part of, you know, just a ton of shows, mostly at 4Kids, which included uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which as a Turtles fan growing up was like you know that was like the moment where i was like oh man i made it as was being uh uh you know on every couple episodes of gi joe as like a soldier running in like uh you know those shows that i had grown up with uh it was awesome to be part of of you know the reworkings of them and then yeah on shows like pokemon uh which is the only anime i've done that uh my almost nine-year-old cares about um (laughs) Uh, I was on Wings Club. I was on like, you know, you got you got to go back to the beginning, but like towards the beginning of One Piece, mm. um, I was a character named Koza, um, who was on for like a bunch of episodes, but in the scheme of the entire show, uh, <laughs> you know, when you have like a thousand some episodes, it ended up being a small. Percentage. <laughs> um, I'm like a ton, you know, Sonic, uh, Sonic X, and like, uh, you know, it was it was really fun to be a. Uh, a part of uh, not just those shows, but I would also say like sort of a flashpoint in, uh, anime in, um, uh, in the United States. Oh yeah. And, you know, the English speaking world.
0: Yeah, no, a hundred percent. A lot of those early four kids productions, and I'm mm-hmm. sure it was awesome to be a part of a lot of them. Um, no, that that's awesome. Um, so listen, I'm, I'm a complete, Yu-Gi-Oh! Maniac nerd. I've watched every single episode, subbed and dubbed of every single show. Like, you know, it's crazy. Um, but I'd love to know, because throughout all these years, I've seen a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh! characters. I've seen a lot of villains across the eight shows. I said it four years ago when I did a, a Top 10 Favorite Villains video, and I still feel that way today. Marek, Yami Marek, I think the best villain ever in all of the entirety of Yu-Gi-Oh. So, I mean, Thank what you. was you're welcome and your performance definitely uh, you know, helped that 100%. What was it like to voice a, such an iconic villain in this franchise?
1: Um, I you know, like so what what's both fun and weird about um the experience of doing Yu-Gi-Oh? Uh, first, it's that like I had I came into it with with no real understanding um honestly of anime in mm-hmm. general of um of where anime was uh globally at that time and you know this was I believe it was 1999 in Japan is when it premiered mm-hmm. uh so that anniversary and uh I believe 2002 Or three i'm not sure exactly in america but like you know i wasn't really aware it was a thing um (laughs) until i had recorded like 15 episodes yeah and then you know then you like start noticing and like you know you'd be you'd see like a magazine you know i saw like a magazine with like marrick on the cover and it was like (laughs) you know there was such like a (laughs) A wild experience and then like the other part of that is that uh voice acting is a very solitary job i mean i, I you know you don't want to overstate it like there are people in the room there's engine an engineer and a director and uh but like i didn't meet a lot of the other voice actors until you know a few months into it really like you'd meet someone mm-hmm. in passing um but you know so when it happened you know it's it was cool you know it was so cool to like have a job i was a pretty young guy um (laughs) pretty fresh out of college and like i was so thrilled to have like a professional job um but it you know the the iconic part your words not mine but like the idea like right but the idea that it was like a big thing that um 20 years later or so that I am able to, you know, I started a little while ago going to more Comic Cons and to do more interviews like this. And the idea that 20 years later, people are still interested in it. People are still playing the game. Um, people are going back to like rewatch the earlier episodes, oh, yeah. people are new episodes, uh, you know, of the newer version. Um, the idea that it's still around in that way is really mind boggling you know but then also as like a voice actor it's not like anyone's recognizing me you know (laughs) right you know uh so it's all it all takes place in this very weird little bubble um where every once in a while the bubble pops and you realize that uh the show was meaningful to a lot of other people
0: a lot of people yeah and I mean it's not just me there's I'm sure a lot of people that feel like Marek and of course you were a big part of that that character is, is one of the, the greatest villains in, in Yu-Gi-Oh, and, you know, a show really is only as good as its villain. I, I've always felt that way, and a hero's story is only as good as how much the villain pushes uh, that hero, and, you know, Marek was just such a such a good character, and I, I think you did such a, a great job. I do want to touch on an element that I, I, you brought up that I think a lot of people don't think about too often when it comes to voice actors obviously not being recognized in the streets like a like you know a a stage actor or a movie actor that's kind of common sense because you know it's just your voice and a lot of times you know the voice but you don't necessarily know what the voice actor looks like Um, but you know I think a lot of people think that voice acting is this this thing where a bunch of the voice actors are at the same time in a room, like, going off of each other. But that's not really the case, right? Because I remember when I toured um, 4K, the the studios, a couple of years ago. I got the privilege of touring it, and, and I actually saw a session. Darren Dunstan, who voiced Pegasus, I'm sure you know Darren. He was there. I, I talked to him. He's, he's a great human he's being. He really is. And uh, But, you know, you, you really are going in kind of to a, a booth by yourself, and then you're leaving... And you don't really get to, to meet a lot of the people that you're interacting with on the show. Is that is that an accurate representation?
1: Yes. And it was only, you know, every once in a while, you know, one show for a long time, it was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, was the one where everyone got to record together. Hmm. Um, so, like, that's when you would, like, hang out with other people. Um, yeah, but then the rest of the time, you know, especially in, in the world of dubbing, um, you know, the work of, figuring out the plot of the show and what's right for the character and all those different things predate you. Um, and, and so, you know, as an actor, uh, you know, especially if, you know, if you've gone to school for it, uh, no judgments, positive or negative, on going to school for acting. Uh, but I did happen to go to school for acting. That was,
0: okay, that was going to be my question. <laughs> I, have
1: some, I have some both positive and negative judgments I'm about sure, it am myself. Sure. Uh, but, you know, like you, you know, you do take it seriously and you do um, think of it as, you know, as, you know, as your body as a tool. And, you know, when you're doing a, you know, it is very distinct depending on the format that you're working in. Uh, and in voiceover, it is, it is kind of amazing how, how narrow that gets, right? Where, where not only are you, yes, isolated in a booth, but like. You're only like you're focusing on one aspect of performance. Um, You know, I probably a lot of voice, voice actors would agree that like, you're usually getting your whole body involved. Um, Right. Right. uh, uh, And you're, you know, and you are thinking about all those things, but that, uh, you know, that really it is such a narrow focus on how can you convey what you need to convey with just you know, one part of your instrument. I know I, I feel like I, I strayed far from the question, but it is all sort of connected to me where it oh, is yeah. this very, you know, a, a sliver, both in terms of like how you're piecing the show together and then what you're doing as an actor in the booth um, is like a very narrow and focused uh, uh, you know, way to think about uh, acting and performance.
0: No, it's very well said. I've often said, to me at least, I think vo- I think voice acting is almost more difficult than like stage acting or, or movie acting or film acting because you have to, you know, with, with film and with stage, you get to convey emotions through your body, as you just said, like through your hands, mm-hmm. through your, uh, you know, movements, uh, when you're uh, through your other coworkers that are on stage with you mm-hmm. or on set with you. But when you're alone in that booth, I mean, you got to, You got to bring those words to life and convey all that emotion through one tool, as you described it. And I I think I think a lot of people in voice acting just don't give themselves enough credit and and get enough credit for that. I mean, it really is um, admirable.
1: It it really is. Um, Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, like every different thing you're going to do is going to have, uh, you know, its own set of challenges. Right. And I, I think probably a lot of actors would agree that, like, those challenges are always like part of the fun. Right, Mm -hmm. Uh, but yes, it's a um, it's like a really unique, weird skill. Which you know, on top of it, for a lot of this work, uh, you're also adding in like not just is my you know, it would be that thing where I'd be at the end of a two hour session and like my voice is you know shot to hell "Ah!" (laughs) because you know like it's all like grinding, and then you'd be like you know uh, closing out the act with like. And now I'm going to send you to the shadow room. And they're like, great read. Uh, it doesn't match the flap. And like, you know, the <laughs> the amount of, of detail that has to go into it, where like you're thinking about the performance, you, you know, it, it might be very heightened, but you are thinking about like the character and like what he or she is after at that time. And, uh, you know, you're thinking about, in addition to that, this very technical stuff in the booth. How's my mic placement? How's my, you know, when you know am i backing off the mic enough for like the big laugh am i coming in close enough you know for a more intimate moment yeah uh there's so many different aspects of it those those chat like i said before those challenges are part of the fun
0: yeah yeah no it's well said and i you know thanks for kind of giving us all an insight into the um the logistics of of acting and you know speaking so definitely uh, i'm sure a lot of people don't really know that so yeah we, we definitely appreciate it um switching it back to Marek uh you know you got Marek and then of course you've got his his Yami form is his, his mm-hmm. darkness even somehow more crazy on un- an unhinged form um <laughs> version of himself so what were some challenges if, if you felt like there were any I know we're going back a while now um to <laughs> switching between your regular Marek who's crazy enough and then Yami <laughs> Marek who's just a whole different level
1: yeah, it's well I know one thing that's that I always thought was pretty funny about it. Um you know, they this isn't this is not a knock on on anyone or even the process of of making Yu-Gi-Oh or any of those cartoons. Um but it was a very fast pace, right? Mm-hmm. And um you know, the the there's limited time and every week, you know, they are fitting together like 20 30 different, you know, pieces of the voice acting puzzle and the, you know the sound design puzzle and then they have other things they need to worry about and they're worried about scripts and they're trying to get like weeks out in advance and uh you know what happens you know in there especially like i said i was coming out of school and it's like oh can you tell me about my character and it's like you we don't have time for that like really no- well, I, I mean, I don't want to, I, I don't even mean it in, like, a negative way. Like, it's just did, like New York, like, you know, we got to go. Yeah, it yeah. was like, it was like, it was like, <laughs> we're hiring you to, you know, you do that job. Like, <laughs> we will give you whatever we get to do. I mean, like, they were great. The writers were great. Yeah, the were great. The directors were great. Um, I don't mean that they were dismissive about, like, character. Right, but I right. That, like, I was coming from a place where I wanted, like, a script, like, you know, weeks in advance and they're like, well, we can't do that. Like, (laughs) like we really, we're, it's going to be ready the day you come. Like you just gotta like show up and be ready to go. And, and you adjust your process for, um, you know, for the style you have to work. Like it's not, you you know, you learn really quick that it's like not all about you. Uh, and so with that in mind, um, you know, there was no, there was no indication until (laughs) I was in the booth uh, uh, and the director, great guy Chris Cole, uh you know, in the he's like, "Okay, now something really wild's going to happen." And like he showed the clip where like for the first time like Marek's eye like pops out. Yep, yep. And, and he was like, "Okay." Like, and then he was like, "Now we have to have the talk." Where it was like, "You've been <laughs> at a 10 for like the last 2 years, and now we need you to go to 11." Like, "What is you got to find like this extra gear." Um Oh yeah for for this character to go to um and uh you know and again there's not a lot of time to be like oh let me go sit and think um so really it was you know the way that that came about was just thinking in terms of Marek plus like how <laughs> can it go from being you know the way i know i thought of it at the time um to be able to look at you know that image that they were showing me of like Marek's eye popping out and the veins and i would say even a hint of like like it, it went from a character who was you know with his own reasons evil uh we can say he was he was doing evil things yeah yeah um but but with a a purpose um sure and agreed. that and that in my head that moved towards you know like someone who's like lost it like someone who has uh you know Become untethered from his own reality.
0: Yeah. Um, evil and, to be know, evil. Or, and
1: more, of like a, more of like a pure evil. Yep. Um, as opposed to someone who ultimately, you know, and again, you know, I wasn't even really aware of this at the time um, of the idea that, like, m- you know, Marek and his redemptive arc, um, you know, where he's essentially the only one who can defeat the evil inside him. Um, and ultimately end up being helpful to the, you know, to our heroes. Um, you know, and so it really was just about like, uh, how can I personally turn that up to 11? And it was, you know, we talking about like using your body in the booth. It was about like, sometimes I'd be like, you'd be in there with like, <laughs> like to really like go for it with my full body as much as I could and still be on mic
0: yeah that classic marrick laugh i'm sure yeah. i mean you, you kind of touched on it is it painful to
1: do that laugh yes okay uh, it's not, thing. <laughs> you know and and, and you know a uh, live and learn kind of thing i i had no idea at the outset of getting the job as marrick that that marrick was going to be like the bad guy for a long time on the show um that that was going to involve 4 to you know 8 to 10 hours in the booth doing this very you know grating voice yeah for years on end and i also didn't know that there was going to be a point where they were going to be like how can you do that but more um squared and, you know, and i would you know i like to joke about how like uh after doing yami you know there would be times where where um you know towards the end of that arc when um we would we would record one character we'd record the other we'd do like all the yami marik and we'd do all the marik and they'd be like oh you know what do you want to do first and it'd be like oh no i want to do yami marik first um because going from yami marik to marik would feel like a vacation she um, is if we started the other it'd be like that they'd be like i wouldn't have any if i started with marik by the end of recording Marek's lines i just wouldn't have anything left in the tank
0: yeah um, yeah because it
1: was it was physically you know so like now we're talking and i you know and i can be like shadow realm shadow realm and like that's fine <laughs> but like i was doing that for like you know eight hours and right like we, yeah and like we would learn ugh. to like you know that it made a lot more sense to like break up my sessions you know instead of doing like a three-hour chunk to be like let's do an hour and a half on monday and an hour and a half on friday and like we would find ways to like uh uh space it out so that i I'd, I'd remain in relative vocal health
0: yeah throughout. yeah i mean yeah i mean your your normal voice doesn't sound anything like like marek so getting <laughs> getting to that level um mm-hmm. yeah I, I can i i know because i use my voice a lot i know i'm not a voice actor by any means but i know mm-hmm. getting to that space with your voice eight hours yeah that that's brutal I had to ask you about that because i, I no. <laughs> that laugh does not sound like it would feel pleasant it sounds great for a villain it doesn't sound like it would right feel pleasant. is it
1: like now it's also like it's fine it's like i you know as an old man it's like when you see like an old-timers <laughs> baseball game where it's like you know they they step back into it like it doesn't <laughs> yeah not, yeah they throw know, that pitch not quite the same, but like.
0: Yeah, that's too funny. That's too funny. Well, um, outside of you know the the memories of being in pain from doing that laugh, uh, is there any any good memories that I, I'm sure there, I'm sure there's good memories. Let me let me reword that question. Is there any like? single memory that really stands out like a favorite moment that you have could have been like a monster summoning uh something that maybe was like was behind the scene like improv just like a favorite moment of yours when you think back on your years of, of voicing Marek.
1: you know a- as an actor um n- not every job is king lear right um, especially, uh, you know, if any of your your uh, viewers are are actors themselves, like you know, especially being in New York, like you would do like tons of bad stuff, and sometimes stuff would be good, um, but like the job, is, you know, is everything. Even if it's not King Lear, everything's King Lear, um, and, and so. And I, and I would actually say that, that from what I, you know, know of a lot of the other actors that like that really was everyone's approach that like everyone really treated it with, um, the seriousness with which you would hope they would treat it. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I really do think it meant, and, and I know that was the case for me. Um, and so, and I, the, uh, the, that preface is really just to say that, uh, there is a great episode, um, where it's a Marek flashback episode. And, uh, you know, it's an exploration of like, you know, the first time that like he was evil and like he wanted a motorcycle, but he couldn't. They, you know, he had responsibilities from like, even as a five-year-old. And, and, you know, and it was, there was like, here's Marek at age five and Marek at age nine, and here's Marek in the present, but then there's Yami Marek at age nine, and then there's Yami Marek. And, you know, and so it was like six or seven different, like Marek versions and it was this sort of exploration of where this character came from and I'm not being sarcastic when I say that like it was really exciting um even if it was you know a a you know animation that that its intended audience at the time was like Saturday morning cartoons um that it was really exciting to like get under get under the hood of the character a little bit, and to approach all of those you know different moments in his life, which again like it wasn't like I knew that episode was coming. It wasn't that uh, I had the script ahead of time, um, or that even there was anything earlier on in in the character um, to necessarily hint at at you know a a you know in a sense a tragic story that would lead him to being evil and yeah yeah like that like i loved Marek's like king lear episode i loved where it was like let's you know explore this character um and it was really fun to to treat it with a a level of seriousness that um that i would say matched what everyone was uh, trying to do on that show um but that you wouldn't necessarily assume uh is is where we're coming from you know
0: Yeah, I mean, that that Marik backstory episode, uh, one of my favorites. I mean, again, he's he's my favorite villain throughout all eight Yu-Gi-Oh! shows for a reason. Great backstory that makes you feel for the character. And anytime a show can make you feel for a character that is doing evil things, that's the sign of a really, in my opinion, well-written character. Um, I want to shift from the you know, character-driven side and the, the actual show-driven side to kind of what Yu-Gi-Oh! is when you, when you get it um, to its core, and that is a card game. Now, I've watched a couple of interviews of yours, and I know you've gone on record that you've talked about how just overwhelming the game of Yu-Gi-Oh! is, which I I agree with. Uh, so you're not going to get any, you know, clap back from me on that. But what was that experience like because obviously you have your character and you have the story of that character as well as the overarching story but at its core it is still a bunch of characters playing like a card game so like have you you know ever tried to get into the card game or um you know has it just always been like just lines on a character basically
1: uh when it would get into the moves um my level of commitment uh belied the fact that I had no idea what I was talking about yeah <laughs> when I, you know when I would <laughs> you know, uh and and you know a few years ago Dar- Darren Dunstan and I did a a live duel in for one of the the championships yes, yes. and uh the the writer of you know the or the producer of, of the event came over and they were like here's a script and they were like do you guys like Darren knows a lot more of of how it all works, of course. But I was like, I I was like, okay, so like what's gonna happen? And they were like, everyone's gonna react when you do this move. And I was like, why? And they were (laughs) like, don't worry about it, but just leave a you're gonna leave a pause before your next line because there's gonna be a big reaction. (laughs) And that that remains the case with you know when i see clips from the show or when i like think about that experience we're like i never had any idea what what like the the actual moves we're doing that we can yeah. talk about in the booth um but again like as an actor it's like you know you could be doing a show about nuclear physics and you know you don't have to be like that's part of being an actor like Correct. you don't have to know, you don't have to know about nuclear physics you have to understand the stakes behind it um, and so that's what we would talk about a lot in the booth about like the stakes of a different move, you know, or where the character was at emotionally, but no, I had zero idea. I still to this day, um, have no, no idea, uh, how the game, yeah. how the game works. And even more than that, like, I know it's different, but like my daughter, uh, about a year ago got into Pokemon Yes, and, uh, she's more into the, 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 characters the the zoology of of the game yeah and, t- and all that but like she she tried once to explain the game to me and like even Pokemon which I know is not nearly as complicated I was still like I don't like whatever reason I just cannot wrap my mind yeah how it works and my understanding is that the way the game has evolved um it's even way more complex and intricate than uh uh, you know than 20 years ago
0: <laughs> i mean to a degree that can't even be stated i mean now you got like links pendulums x's synchros fu- i mean fusions were still around they were just in its the infancy stage in the original show but yeah it's it's crazy complicated um you know but i always i always like to ask because i always mm-hmm. get different responses because there's some um yeah. voice actors who are like really into it and like actually playing and then there's others that are like i try to pronounce it the best I can and (laughs) and that's that you know
1: I know that's the thing like (laughs) like like it was just it was the pronunciations were the big thing and then uh, you know I just for the record um I think it's great like it's I I'm a very big believer in that like that people people engage with their fandom in lots of different ways Mm -hmm. and as long as it's positive like I love the idea that some people are coming to it from the card game yeah and some people are coming to it from the show and that their relationships with with that and then the degrees to which they're involved are like really different and I love that it's possible to to engage with it in so many different ways yeah
0: no very very well said I think it's really cool yeah
1: no. um, and, I, and, and that was and that's been the case now for like a really long time like being able to see yeah people enjoy it and i think that's obviously part of the reason why it's had uh such a long life um i I think probably both the game and the uh, continuing shows probably still feed into each other in very similar ways
0: Yeah. yeah no very well said well, actually, that leads me perfectly into the next question, which is about Yu-Gi-Oh! as a whole and just how much it's, it's grown in these last 20 years, you know, since you worked on the original series. Um, seven spinoff shows, one of the most successful trading card games in the world. Going back to yourself 20 years ago, could you have ever envisioned this franchise reaching the heights that it's reached? And the fact that the anime is still going in the year 2023 and will be still going in 24. Uh, no, I wouldn't have any, conception. <laughs> you,
1: know, I, you know, I would say no. <laughs> no, 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 it's crazy. I mean, it really is no, crazy. You know, and I think, and I think, um, you know, generationally, um, <laughs> there, there are good and bad things about this in our culture, but like, you know, as a, as a child growing up, you know, in the eighties um I was used to things ending you know and I was used <laughs> to where it would be like wait they're making another Indiana Jones like it wasn't like <laughs> assumed that the thing you love would continue um yes c- certainly I would say look at, like looking at it now um for for reasons of uh, uh profit and for reasons of yep a genuine like love of the game and of the shows um you know for for the fans and also uh you know of of the creators who who worked on it and built you know this incredible world and built out uh you know from that incredible world um like you know in retrospect like it like would I have thought it then no and then it was like oh I got this job and then like that you know that arc on that show ended and it was like oh man that was like that was really fun like I had no idea that um years later it would be a thing that I'm still talking about and that I'm still you know in, in some aspects involved in um I'm not so you know asking me now in 2023 I'm not surprised now in looking at it that um that it's maintained uh, you know, that level of interest and of fandom. Yeah, no, very very well said. No, there's no way I could have predicted.
0: I don't think anybody could have. I mean, really, like, I mean, there, there's an event happening next week where some of us are expecting the ninth Yu-Gi-Oh! series to potentially be announced. I mean, <laughs> we don't think it's ever going to end, you know, and why, yeah. why would it? You know, it, it's crazy that something you worked on 20 years ago is still in some way uh, airing still, I mean, it really <laughs> is crazy, um, and that actually kind of leads into the next question pretty well, because your arc ends, as you just said, and it's like, oh, that was fun, and then you kind of move on with your life, uh, ten years later, a really nifty, actually a little more than ten years later, a really nifty cool mobile app comes out called Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Links, and it has to do, obviously, with the game of Yu-Gi-Oh!, but it also has to do with, um, the characters, and the mm-hmm. characters that we all love from all the different shows. So Marek comes to Duel Links, and I'm assuming you probably got a call or an email like, "Hey, we want you to reprise your role." What was that whole process like? And and was it how cool was it to to do that so many
1: years later? That's the thing. It's always it's always fun to like re- return to it. And I know, you know this is only like a theoretical, but like. You know, even when they're like, whoa, would you like, would you come back again? Or if they like redid something with the original cast, like, yeah, in a heartbeat. Like, it was, it was fun then. It's fun now. Um, I think I would know better how to manage my vocal health. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's just like fun to, to like come back to. In some ways, it's like the coming back to it is almost more fun. Um, in a sense, to be able to like, like going home to like a reunion you know what i mean mostly i record audiobooks now and i've i've gotten better at planning for the eventuality that if i narrate a fiction um and it seems like a one off that four years from now uh i (laughs) i might be asked to uh you know record a sequel um right like you know and i i like i a few years ago narrated like a very dense uh fantasy novel with like 50 characters. Um, and <laughs> I essentially had to like re-listen to the original audiobook to try to remember what I did for it. <laughs> right, right. And like, what's so nice about a show like Yu-Gi-Oh! is like, I don't have to do that. Like, it was one of those jobs that I've had um, that I was able to do long enough and, and intensely enough that uh it was in my bones so like coming back for a game first off it was really it's always fun to be a part of like a game and it's like it's a um, oh yeah the, the record is uh essentially the same it's you know it's just sort of a fun you know because you're always putting it together piecemeal anyway um and, and it was no different in terms of like you know marrick gets a marrick's a little annoyed <laughs> Marek's like medium annoyed <laughs> Marek's really upset. Ah, like you, you're, (laughs) you know, that's, that's really fun, but it's also like, not too dissimilar to like, okay, here's this time code. And, you know, we give him a little grunt, like it's the same, you're piecing it together in the same way, but it was like putting on an old comfy sweater.
0: Yeah, no, it's a it's a good way to describe it. Sure, is a really cool feeling. So you well, kind of
1: it's like a really like a really like a sweater you love, but that is incredibly like rough and coarse, worn. And yeah, very like. <laughs> um, but instead, it's your vocal.
0: Right, and you have to also know that so many people love yeah. that sweater, right? I mean, that's right. the thing. So you coming back, it's right. Yeah, right. That's so funny. So you kind of said it, but I'll just rewind back to it. Um, I, I, you know, I'm kind of known for having a lot of out there theories and and crack theories, is what I call them. I had a video a couple of weeks ago. I I believe a Duel Links movie would be very very cool, and I think that it might be a possibility. Just you know, some foreshadowing mm-hmm. hints within the game if that happened and if Marek was in that movie you're saying you would love to come back oh
1: my god 100 percent. all right most exciting thing <laughs> all um, right perfect you know it's <laughs> i i i don't know i think it's just the holiday season feeling like that holiday nostalgia but it, <laughs> right. I, I do feel like there is that thing where like you know when you're when you're younger and you say goodbye to something and it, and it feels like forever and w- I think what I'm trying to say is that, like, it's like all that's left is like good memories and warm memories. Yeah. I don't remember the scars on my vocal cords um, or like, you know, the the sadness of like, Marek came to the end and you're like, my my job, my money. Right, yeah. What am I gonna do? You know, What's like, next? <laughs> right. Like, uh, like all that's left is like, oh, like it's so great. And like, like I said earlier, uh, I, i'm relatively new on the cons circuit i don't do a ton of events but like it is what's fun is like increasingly you get to cross paths with you know with other people in the cast and other people who had um you know that you shared in this with and i know like there's a big event coming up in may that was just announced where it's going to be a pretty big Yu-Gi-Oh reunion yeah and, i saw actually,
0: that too are you going are you attending that Mm-hmm. that's awesome that's awesome i'm sure a lot of people unfortunately i had a prior trip that yeah. exact week so
1: it's yeah mother's day weekend um it is was, yeah but like uh you know <laughs> uh, uh, uh you know it's it's so you know like with all this stuff it's just it is fun to like come back to it and be like hello old friend and sometimes literally like oh hello old friends but like the role the the community um, and yeah, of course I would uh you know if there was something where Merrick came back and uh they asked, I would absolutely say yes.
0: Cool. Cool. And uh finally what? I hope they do. I, I hope so too. I mean, listen, if I get my favorite villain in a in a crazy <laughs> multiversal movie, I mean I'm not I, you're not gonna hear any complaints from me, you know? <laughs> um Last question here, because I, I want to kind of give you the the space to speak about it um, from the heart. You said a lot of great things, uh, and that's another great thing that cons allow you to do. You kind of already hinted at it, which is uh, interact with, you know, just people from the community. People like me that love the shows, that love your performance, that that love Yu-Gi-Oh! Um, over all these years, what does Yu-Gi-Oh! and its community mean to you?
1: The You know, the real-time experience of doing... Marek back in the, you know, the early and mid aughts, uh, like I said, it's, it was a little isolating. Um, it was also like pre social media. Mm -hmm. Um, So, (laughs) you know, I can say I didn't check out a message board or two at the time. Um, but like, what's funny is I know, you know, at, at, at the time, I think there was a lot more, uh, uh, dissension between you know like the, the thing that the only thing that you would hear because it was adults watching the show censorship it, yeah and yeah. I and I understand that I and I and and I just I understood it at the time and I never I never took it personal even when it it got sometimes personal um but what's so nice now um I know I'm making myself sound like a hundred years old I'm not a hundred years. Old. <laughs> Um, but like in my, you know, my <laughs> mid 40s uh, that, you know, that w- the thing that I hear a lot now is how much the show meant to people when they were watching it, when they were kids yeah. and, or teens. And then they grew up with it. And that, uh, you know, that that love of Yu-Gi-Oh um, and, and, you know, the other shows that were its contemporaries, um, which were kind of at the the vanguard of. Uh, uh anime in America, uh you know, in, in terms of like broadening the audience be you know, like beyond Ghost in a Shell was like as a college kid was like that was that was that and uh um uh you know was pretty much the only uh the only thing on my radar. Yeah. And uh, you know, now if you fast forward twenty years later and it's like now these kids are grown up. Some of them uh, you know are coming by to cons with their kids who are now like starting to get into the show.
0: Yeah. Uh, crazy you
1: know i but like that's so uh, what it means to me now is like that's i couldn't have imagined while we were recording it how meaningful it would be years later um uh, hearing that from people being able to meet people at cons um it it i find it touching every time someone says it to me um when they're like oh man this show was my childhood and, and and I, honestly, a lot of that comes, you know, from being a parent. Like, I see the, when you're a parent and you see the the degree to which when your kids love something, they really love it. Yeah. I, like, some of the shows my kids watch, including Pokemon, which, uh, you know, my older daughter is a big fan of uh, Pokemon. And it's kind of you know when i got to go in for career day it was like the first time where she was like oh my dad has a cool job um yeah and she got to see like other kids be like oh your dad has a cool job she's like "Oh, he does have a cool job um and it is because you know you especially when you're at an age when you're so open to uh, you know another world like it It'd be when when the stakes of that show uh, you know are not just life and death for the characters, but like feel life and death to you. Right. That when, you know, when you're able to hear someone reflect that experience at a con, uh, you know, or in an email, like it, it really is just the, an incredibly nice thing. Um, you know, and I don't want to, I don't want to speak for, for, you know, any other people, um, uh probably even people that you've had on this show <laughs> uh, but I, I was thinking uh uh in relation but I don't want to make it negative at all uh, I'm just keep it with positive you,
0: you can you can be as honest as you need but, to be
1: I, you know I I the the people that I had the the pleasure to work with and some of them I know uh better than others are like really nice people yeah um, and and I think have like a very genuine affection for the work that we all did. And, and, you know, some of them have been on like tons of, you know, tons of stuff and are like big names. And I, I, my impression has always been that, it, that probably for them as well. Like when they get to hear someone be like, this show was my childhood. Um, it is as meaningful to them as it is for me. And I, I, I it was a, it's a very lovely, uh, group of people Yeah, and not, <laughs> and not every, I don't think every, every show that people love have that no uh, no i won't name names but like <laughs> I, I, I really i was thinking about i was thinking about it uh just the other day how how the cast of Oh is really nice yeah um, A- everyone
0: that i've met um voice actor that's on the newer shows or voice actors that was on the older shows or voice actors that have been on like every show it seems um i've never on honest to god i've never had a negative or bad interaction or experience with any of them
1: you Mm -hmm. know and i you know and like i you could make theories for it probably one of them is is just like darren Dunstan's nice yeah i'm like probably no probably probably a lot honestly probably a lot stems from that but um he's
0: he's i mean he's great he really is
1: linchpin of like (laughs) people have those relationships with but um uh yeah it's a it is a nice group and uh uh, it's uh uh uh, it's so great to meet people at cons and uh uh, to reconnect with those people at these cons as well
0: yeah absolutely um well jonathan uh it's been an absolute Pleasure having you on. Uh good thank you here. Yeah, thank you so much. I mean, I I never thought when I started this channel, you know, seven years ago I'd be interviewing the the man who brought my favorite <laughs> favorite all time Yu Gi Oh villain to life. So great work again as as Marek and Yami Mar. Yeah, I always refer to them as two separate characters, but you know mm-hmm. it's which I guess, you know, uh, that's a whole that's a debate for another time. <laughs> but uh, Jonathan Ross, everyone, I'll have um, any socials that he wants me to have linked down below. Is there anything you want to promote before we um, wrap things up here? Uh,
1: any cons or any works that you're in, anything like that? Yeah, next, I'm sure there will be more, uh, you know, more before this. But the next one that is officially on the books is NostalgiaCon in San Antonio in uh, May. I believe the second weekend in May. Uh, like I said, a huge 25th Yu-Gi-Oh! reunion. Um, and uh, you know, right now it's mostly just audiobooks for me. If you like books and you want to hear me read them in not a Maric voice, uh, in just a regular voice, please check them out. Um, but otherwise, just it's the holidays, be nice to each other. Great, uh, great message you <laughs> yes
0: great message jonathan thank you so much for coming on and to everybody watching on youtube or listening on podcasting platforms thank you this has been episode five of the voices from the shadow realm podcast thank you so much for watching and i hope you have an amazing day take care guys